Clean contact. I hit it again because that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment. Or the moment defines you. Welcome back. This is part five of the Scotland travel log. Today's course um, was a very special course, a very special place, maybe the most unique, most fun, um, perhaps best course uh, or most favorite course I've ever played in my life. Um, we are in Ayr still, um, which is near Preswick. And so today we drove to a place called Androsen that has a big ferry that we drive our car onto the ferry and across the channel. It took about an hour to get to the Isle of Arran, which is an island off of the west coast of Scotland. Um, and on the Isle of Arran, we drove, once we got off the ferry, we drove 20 minutes across the island. It's kind of a small island. Uh, it would take about an hour to drive from the north to the south and 25 minutes to drive from the east to west. Again, these are very skinny roads, no highways, um, lots of winding, lots of little hills, like weaving through um, just kind of farmlands and hills and mountains and stuff like that. Um, but on the west coast of the Isle of Arran is a course called Shiskin Golf Club. That's spelled S-H-I-S-K-I-N-E. Um, this course was... It was unbelievable. It was incredible. Um, the first three courses that we played uh, were like very like traditional uh, links courses. Like as I was talking about in other parts, like this is how golf was meant to be. Like seeing golf in its maybe first state or or like some of the earliest states of just kind of on this amazing land with lots of um, undulation up and down uh, and the water to the side and and the town kind of behind it. Um, but this course, Shiskin was, I mean, this was golf with, it was similar to that, but there, but it was almost as if there were, there were no rules. Um, there are no constraints, no like preconceived notions about what, what golf should be or what a fair test of golf sh should be. It, I am amazed that a course exists in this place. I think if most people saw this land, they would not have imagined that a golf course could be there. The course itself is 12 holes, um, 2,770 yards. Um, it goes par 4, par 4, par 3, par 3, par 3, par 4. That's the, the outward 6. The scorecard is, is laid out traditionally with a 6 and a 6. And the back, the back 6 goes par 3, par 4, par 5, par 3, par 3, par 3. Um, the holes, the whole hole 1, it starts out... Uh, you start out near near the pro shop. There's there's the water, the ocean on the left, the out of bounds left. Um, it's pretty straight away. There's kind of a big mound you go over. There's a blind. Your shot into the green is blind. Um, hole two is another shot with a um, where you go up over. There's a bunker at like 240 yards away, um, and you can try to carry the bunker and then like chase down uh, too far to like a burn. 
which is just on the front edge of the green. Um, but then once you get to hole three, hole three is called crow's nest. Um, there's, I, this is maybe as close to a literal crow's nest as you could get where we have, you're hitting down below, it's 120 yards. It goes basically straight uphill, straight uphill par three has to be 50 feet. I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at an apartment building. Let's say at least four stories, at least four stories up is where the green is. And it's only 121 yards away. There's like a, there's a flag that you, when you're up on the green, you take the flag out so that people know that you're there. So they know not to hit. And there's also like a marking post up there. And the, the score guide says just aim just to the right of the marking post. Um, then the next hole is called shelf, and that's a par three. It was 144 yards. That goes down the hill. And so from this one, you're, you're up high near the other green, and you go downhill to um, just a pretty basic green, but, but long of the green is the ocean. To the right of the hole is this giant, like, rock structure with a very, like, flat face. And then to the left of the green are a few more holes, but then, like, just beyond that is more of the ocean. So, so it's really, you have water, you have water on two sides of you, front and left, rock formation to the right behind you would be kind of the rest of the course. Um, really, it's nothing like, like that spot that I've ever experienced in golf before. Um, hole five, then you play down, hold it, five plays away from the rock formation, kind of out towards the sea. It's another par three, it's 211 yards. Um, or 244 yards from this alternate, there are two sets of tee boxes from this other tee box. Um, and that was, that's one, we have water to your right and then water along. And then hole six, hole six is called shore hole. This plays kind of in, in towards the, uh, you know, back in. So you turn left again. There's, there's not really water on this hole. Um, but the mounding on this and like the dunes around this thing is so, so severe we have lots of uh like rumples and undulation in the fairway um the hole is 265 yards but then and at about 200 yards from the hole it like drops down maybe 20 well, 15 20, 15 or 20 feet um and like the, the green is like sitting down below in that spot so like from the tee box, you can't see the flag, but as you get closer, you can see like the very top of the flag stick and you can't really see the whole flag stick until you get like all the way up to the green. Um, it's really kind of like playing, you know, Plinko with how, how many like mounds and things you have to kind of navigate on the tee shot. Like, um, and hole, hole seven, it's called Himalayas, 161 yard par three. Um, compl again, completely blind. You're playing literally over a massive dune that's probably, let's say, two stories high. Um, so there's like a marker post on the top of the hill that shows you where to aim. Um, as you, again, on this hill, as you get there, there's like this, they have this pulley system where you can raise and lower uh, like this, this marker to show whether you're on the hole or not. Because it's just like really hard to see if, you know, anyone else was playing the holes. Um, hole eight, par four, 221 yards maybe the most, one of the most basic holes. It's kind of cool. It goes downhill. There's a bunch of gorse to the left, but again, it's like a beautiful hole because you're playing out towards uh, the ocean and the bay and kind of the, you're not playing like towards that rock structure. 
again, so the routing is, is really, really interesting, really unique. Hole nine uh, is a par five um, with a burn. It kind of goes down, you're hitting like down, down and then back up to the green. The green is kind of like a amphitheater green on the right, so you can kind of bounce it. You can bounce it up to the right or to the short left of the green is a big mound. So I suppose you could try to land it short left and bounce it on, or you could go a bit right and kind of as a backstop there that would chase it on as well. Hole 10, it's called Paradise. That one goes goes downhill um, 151 yards the whole way downhill, probably playing one, you know, 135. Um, this was a, a really fun one the, when we played at the, the green, um, you know, pretty big green with a pot bunker short right, and the pin was tucked to the right, like right behind the bunker. Um, and and then to the right, there was like a little bit of a, a bit of a slope. I didn't, I didn't try to do this the first time, but I actually played it. Imagine this pin is tucked as far right as possible, and I hit it just to the right of the green. It was a good shot, and it hit. It landed just to the right of the pot bunker, and it hit, and then bounced left perfectly for a, like a tap-in birdie. It was definitely the shot of the day. Um, that was literally the only spot you could probably land it to actually hit it very close to the hole. Um, hole 11 called the Hollows. 190 yard par three. It's a blind tee shot. It goes up, goes uphill, but then at about 100 yards from the green, there's a marker post, and basically there's a big, like a, a skate park half pipe that, like, so it drops down and then goes up to the green, and the green completely runs away from you. It runs away from front to back. So um, Zach had a really good shot that must have landed on the front of the green, but just like bounced way to back. Like really, really hard to hit it close at all. And hole 12 is a par, a par three up the hill back to the um, the clubhouse, 126 yards. Um, in one of our, maybe one of our first podcasts, Peter Donahue was talking about uh, had to be Bally Bunyan or someplace he had traveled to. And in his description of the course was that he said, he said, the elves live here. <laughs> I never heard of, uh, I didn't really understand where that was coming from. I never heard of people describe a course that way. But, but this, this is a course where the elves live. There's just like rocks and it seems like there's so many kind of like hidden places. And often like the greens and the holes themselves were in hidden places that, that really you wouldn't expect. But once you see it, it's just so, um, so exciting, uh, to hit, to hit there, um, it's really, um, there's nothing else I can compare it to. Um, the 12 holes seemed like really the perfect amount to play. Um, you're not really that tired by the end. Um, and just like, it was so fun that you just wanted to go back and do it again. So, so what we did, we drove, there's a, there's a distillery on the north side of the island called the Isle of Aaron, this called Aaron Distillery. And so we drove up there. Um, that was kind of along the coast. So we drove up there for lunch and then we came back down and we, we had time to play another, another round. We played round two, um, at the course on the first, the first hole, the first time through, I like after the first hole I wrote down, I, I, I bogeyed it, but then I didn't, I like, didn't write down another score the rest of the day. I have, I have a sense of what I shot at two birdies on the back six. That would have been, you know, a couple over par. Um, it just felt, uh, like a, 
it just didn't feel like an like appropriate thing to do the first time through to like really keep score. So many of the holes are so wacky and, and wild. The ball's bouncing all over the place. I just didn't want to be, uh, I don't know, bound by, by anything like that. So, but, but the second time through, we're going to keep score. Um, see how we can do now that we have like kind of a layout of the course. Um, second time through, hole one made a nice putt for par. Hole two, bogeyed. Hit it out. Bad shot. Just never felt comfortable with with what I was doing there. Um, that's the one thing. Like this trip, uh, that's helped me maybe as a as a golf instructor, as a golf coach. Maybe it's more the coach coaching side of it. Is I've been faced with so many new situations that I am just like not comfortable with and didn't have no idea what to do. And in that like doubt, I made like pretty poor swings or hit bad shots um, or hit shots when I really wasn't ready for it at all. Um, you know, just went too fast. Like, okay, well, we'll just, we'll just hit, kind of see what happens rather than being like really, really calm and really committed to the shot. So I think there's definitely something to, to that. Like if someone, someone plays golf once a week, which really, you know, that's maybe what most people do. Um, you're, you face so many situations that you've never seen before just on a, on a regular basis. So, so finding ways to, to train that because like almost like my swing mechanics went out the window. Um, in some of these times when I was, I think distracted is, is maybe the word, but just, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. It's hard to like call, get calm and get focused and get concentrated. Um, you know, being in a brand new place, being in a brand new situation, not being entirely sure where the hole goes or what the best place to hit it. To me, whenever there's like indecision of like, Oh, it might be this club or it might be that club or it might be the shot to the spot. Like I usually do do the worst as opposed to if I can be like, okay, you know, three wood at that post, um, then I do fine. Um, let's see, hole three, crow's nest up the hill. I hit it just a little bit to the right. I still made it up there, but I made bogey kind of putter from off the green, didn't, didn't put it close enough. Um, hole four, the shelf back down the hill. Um, part of that one. Five, uh, bogey, went for the back tee box this time. It's like back on the ocean. It's like risen up. It's basically like almost like a lookout perch, but there's a tee box there. Um, and then six, I think six is my favorite hole. That's the hole where it kind of goes down into the like the hole or almost like the cave. Definitely feels like that's where the elves live. I, I ended up, I hit my five iron up the right side of the fairway and I thought it might make it down to the green, but it like the mounding like kicked it so far left that I was in the left rough. Um, not really sure how you keep that one to the right. I think you just have to go a little bit farther so you can make it all the way down to the green. Um, hole seven, Himalayas, par, par three, parted again. Uh, eight, par nine, birdied. I birdied nine both times. Like really the only driver, like as well as hole one and two are driver holes, but you, you can do basically anything on one and two, but hole, hole nine is like an obvious driver hole and I hit awesome drives both times, hit on the green both times. Had weak eagle putts both times, tap in for par both times. Um, 10, I chunked my shot so bad. I don't know, I was just pitching it. I tried to swing as hard as I could at it. That didn't work so well. It ended up kind of short of this burn. I had 70 yards into 150 yard par 3. I tend to, for, mo 
for someone of who shoots the scores I shoot, I have a often uh, I often have to use a range finder um, on a second shot on a par three, probably a bit more than most people. That's okay. Um, hole eleven, oh, eleven hollows. This one I was telling you about earlier, where you have kind of like the half pipe to the green that runs away. I had mine that the only way to hit it close. Because the first time I, I hit a an iron and I had it short right, and again from short right, there's no way to keep it on. I had an idea that if I could hit a like a punch three wood and have it just clear this blind thing that it could kind of go down the half pipe and then roll up the half pipe and like just nestle onto the front of the green. I had a feeling that that's the only way to hit it close, and I hit it. So I, did, I tried it with a three wood, and it was it was pin high just to the right. So it was. It was the play because again, this, this half pipe. If you hit, if you miss the green short with like an iron coming in high, it's just going to roll down. It's not going to kick forward. It's going to roll down, and you'll be fifty yards or thirty yards short of the green. And if you land it on the green, it's going to roll away from you. So basically, you have to like land something way short so it kind of rolls up the rim and abate with with where that pin was located. And so that's what I did. I pulled out this pin high and I chipped it close and tapped it in for par. That was um, definitely the shot of the day on, on the second the second 12 um and then hold 12 and made a routine par to finish that's if you're keeping score at home my front six went four five four three four four for 24 and the back a three four 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 three three for 21 uh a total score of a 45 um pretty cool i mean that was definitely my first round in the 40s of the year uh, I'm not sure many other people have shot rounds in the 40s either, so that's pretty cool. Um, definitely um, proud, you know, proud of that score. Uh, Tiger Woods definitely no rounds in the 40s this year. Rory no rounds in the 40s. I looked it up just to check, but yeah, most of those guys they shoot in the 60s um, most of the time. Um, and one of my favorite books is is. My favorite golf books is called uh, "To the Lynx Land," and it's by Michael Bamberg. And it's written in like 1991, and he he tra- he caddies on the European tour for like the first half of the book, and the second half they they go to Scotland and kind of play through courses. And he he gets like a, a teacher in Scotland, like whose last name was Stark, and Stark. Uh, kind of one of the last conversations they have in the book is Stark says like he's like golf. Golf gives you energy. He says, always pay attention to how you feel after the round. Like you have more energy um, than before you played it. And this was maybe the most energizing 24 holes of golf that I and definitely we've ever played. I felt like if we didn't have to get back to the fair, I could have kept playing over and over and over again. Um, so, uh, you know, a very, very life-giving um, round of golf. I think um, golf has probably never made me feel like that before, which is pretty, um, pretty special. And, and also, like as as we have been exploring into like the soul of the game and and what makes golf and the mystery of the game, that somehow we can play this thing. It's a very active thing. It's hiking up and down hills, but I somehow can feel more energized. I can feel more full of life um, at the end of it. And so I think that is it, maybe one of the best parts of golf that somehow. Um, golf can, I don't know, I don't want to say extend your life, but, but breathe more life, um, than you had before it, which, which is, um, 
you know, I know something that probably doesn't make scientific sense, but it's definitely um, a tangible feeling that I had at the end of it. Uh, so yeah, feeling pretty good. Um, I think that maybe we'll wrap up Shiskin there. Um, highly recommend it to anyone. Definitely the best. Has my favorite course I've ever played in Scotland. North Barracks close. That was my first first time, but yeah, I don't know. They're both up there. Don't always need to rank them. Even though I'll, we'll probably rank courses by the end end of this this travel log. Um, and I'll you know I'll probably have more to say about this course. I keep thinking about it, but I thought it'd just be interesting to record these kind of right after where we have kind of the fresh thoughts. Maybe you can get a sense of you know how the the game is going. Um, oh yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to stop before swing thoughts, everyone's favorite um, part of each um, topic. Uh, literally had no, I had no swing thoughts, um, which was a bad, which was bad at some times and good at some times. Um, like just like jumping out of the car after like a, a drive and then a ferry drive and then, uh, and then like another drive, like stressful drive kind of on these narrow roads and then like taking two practice swings and then just trying to hit a three wood with the ocean on the left. Um, it was like not the way I, not like a prepared way to hit a shot. Um, and so that did, like didn't turn out very well. So I felt like I needed, you know, needed something to kind of grasp onto, whether it was feeling how the backswing or you know, probably completing the backswing. I don't complete the backswing or my turn um, when we're not quite warmed up. We're not quite ready to go. Um, but the rest of the, day was like man like oh i'm hitting up up this mountain like okay cool like just grab a club and do it like there wasn't really much thought into like how to do it yeah i guess in, in my at my worst i'll see a shot and be like okay i need to hit a you know hit a five iron there and the way i need to do that is by putting my feet this way and my shoulders this way and then swinging the club back in a certain way um but I, but i probably needed that on a you know, a broader scale, maybe not quite that specific, um, just to kind of give me something to, to anchor on. Um, but yeah, it's okay. All right, there are two rounds left in Scotland. Feeling very, very energized. If, um, like, if the trip ended now, like, it would have been, it would be just fine. And I would, like, this made the trip. We got to see, um, got to see the place where the elves live. I feel very energized, very full of adventure, um, very full of life. And so, um, yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Talk to you all tomorrow. Okay, part six. Here we are. We are nearing the end of the trip. I'm recording still live. We're, from, we're in air on the balcony of our apartment. You can see the water. Really a beautiful place. Um, very, very happy to be here. So yesterday we played Prestwick Golf Club. This was the biggest course on our trip, the final course on our trip. We're actually playing it twice. This is a course I've never played before. It's, this course was started in 1851, a long time ago, over 150 years ago. Um, and it's the birthplace of the Open Championships. This is where they had the first uh, British Opens, the first 12 or something, um, took place at this course. Uh, it's got this really old, old clubhouse. The place just 
just oozes history. Um, it feels somewhat similar to St. Andrews in that it feels like, wow, like golf, this place is really old. Like golf has been played here for, for like a very long time. But it, I think just because the smaller scale and there's only, it's the only course there, it felt less, you know, less touristy. It wasn't quite the, the destination that the St. Andrews has become. Um, the clubhouse is great. It's very, very old. Like the wood kind of creaks under your feet as you're walking through it. Um, can go upstairs and there's, you know, all of these uh, kind of like framed archives and things like, like, like a match, a match declaration by old Tom Morris and some other guy. And it was like in this like very fancy handwriting and it was just on display. And it was like, on this day, henceforth, we will play 36 holes. And on this day, we will play 36. And uh, on, on these, they called them greens uh, on the, we'll play 36 holes on this green and 36 holes on this green. So um, that must be what they were calling the courses um, back in 1860. Um, so it was just like, just cool, unique. I mean, you're never going to see something like this again. Um, the course itself was, I mean, was wild. It was, um, I don't know, if, if last one, if Shiftskin was kind of like a, an, you know, an adventure and a, like a thrill and just like, you're just like almost running around through the place. This, this kind of felt like a, a mountain climb in a sense, like this really, really difficult, really just like confusing. Was, I don't know. Maybe it's more like, I don't know, more like the X games or something like, like if, if normal golf is, uh, if, you know, is, is, dirt biking like if dirt biking dirt biking isn't enough for you why don't you why don't you go off some jumps and do some flips so this place felt like uh a little bit just like we had to take we didn't have to we chose to take a like a four caddy um as peter donnie's recommendation uh it was we would have been lost without without this guy because uh standing so many of the holes you're just standing on the holes and you don't even know which way the hole would go, which is a, is definitely a new feeling. You know, it's not like, oh, the hole's that way, but I'm not sure quite where it is. It's like, I don't, this hole could be 90 degrees left or 90 degrees right. I, I really have no idea. Um, but once you kind of explained it and with the help of like the course guide, we're able to, to get around a bit. Uh, the greens themselves were very, uh, a lot of them, anyway, were like extremely, extremely undulating. The most undulating greens I'd ever seen. Some of the mounding around the greens was uh, was just ridiculous. Uh, I would say in a good way, um, but just like you're faced with so many situations I've never been faced with before. Um, but going to the day, I, I had this feeling. I was like, I'm gonna play. I want to play a good, like a good round of golf today. I want. Um, yeah, I want to play really, I, I, I was like determined to, to play well, where I hadn't had quite that determination the other days. Um, and so start off, whole, whole one, whole one is called railway. It, there's like a, literally a railway going up the right side. The clubhouse is like directly behind the tee box. So it's like 
very claustrophobic feedback. You have people behind you, uh, like literally right behind you. Uh, and this, you know, this brick wall to your right, uh, it's an iron. You only want to hit like 190 yards. So I hit, I hit a, uh, seven iron. I hit a little bit left in the fescue. I hit 160 yards in, um, I got the line. I, was, I could see the top of the flag. Um, and I just had a really smooth eight iron, which was the right club. Eight iron max would go 170. Um, and I, it was like my smoothest swing of the trip. It felt, it felt perfect. Uh, Caddy's great shot. Uh, we walk up to the green and the ball is like nowhere to be found. Um, so it must have been some adrenaline pumping and that thing landed. There's like a spot where if I carried it 10 yards, if I carried it 170, which man, it just still seems hard to believe. Um, but still, if I carried it 170, it would have hit this mound and just shot straight backwards or straight forwards, I guess, um, into just this, uh, the water, this burn that's back there. Uh, okay. So, so started with a double bogey and didn't, didn't even hit a bad shot. That was a little bit frustrating. Um, hole two. It's par 364 yards made par. Just a routine par. Uh, hole three, cardinal. This is a par five that almost goes 90 degrees to the right. This is like the cardinal bunkers. This is a massive, massive bunker. It's one of the biggest bunkers I've ever seen in my life at this course. Uh, so when you play cardinal bunk, the whole cardinal, you hit it 200, 210 yards. Um, that's like as far as you can go with the first one. And then it goes kind of up and then around to the right. And then you hit three, so I hit three wood. So I hit, I hit six iron, then three wood, which is a cool combination. And that ended up, ended up just short right. It must have hit, there's like these mounding that it must have just smacked straight into the mound and not rolled out at all. Uh, so I had about 30 yards uh, to this pin that was front right. And there was this big mound in front of the green, you know, like mowed down, like really short. But it was like, then everything kicked away from right to left. So the only play, because the lie is so, so, so tight. I don't, couldn't not imagine chipping that thing up high. Uh, I you hit like a pitching wedge that landed about 15 feet short right and then like bounded up, up the hill and then like trickled on and, and caught the slope down. Um, so yeah, on a really short shot, you're aiming about 20 feet right of the pin. Uh, it was awesome. I did, I hit it to seven feet-ish, 10 feet, made the putt. Birdie, first birdie of the day. It's a fun one. Hole four is called Bridge. It's a good drive. Um, dog's leg right. You try to carry this bunker. Um, actually, hit it a bit. Uh, the dog leg went right. I hit it straight and was in fescue. Hit a pitching wedge close. Made the putt for back-to-back birdies or even par. Um, over that putt, I felt, I felt this like sense of calm. I was like, it was short, it was like five feet foot putt. But sometimes, I guess like earlier on this trip and maybe other rounds of golf, I've played where it's like, my going through my head at that point would be like, okay, easy putt. Uh, we make this. We're at we're at even par. Uh, if we keep doing that, then we can shoot a good score. We'll shoot in the seventies and then break par. Blah blah. blah. And like all that thing is like racing through my head. But like at this time, I felt. I just had to do with the setting of the course. I just felt so calm and 
present and I just have this feeling like I would like I would really really like to make this putt but I don't care if I I don't and I think that that's maybe like the best place at least for me that I could play golf from uh to somehow and, and I say anyone to, to, to not be attached to the outcome at all but still you know not be apathetic about the outcome like still want to um still want to do well and it, it kind of maybe gets back to one of those earlier episodes like talking about unconditional of like I just like wanted to make the putt for the sake of making the putt I didn't I didn't care about making it for my score I didn't care about making it for like the story that I could tell I just like wanted to make it for the sake of making it and if I didn't like I was going to be completely okay with that um so that was a very I guess a, a great place to get to I'm very like at that moment it's like okay like awesome like I'm really like let's say last round like Shiskin was like the best course okay that, that course made my trip um and then like my feeling over that putt uh was kind of like made the trip for me as like on like maybe a more a more personal level um, hole five, Himalayas. This is, goes like way up. Oh, you've probably seen this hole on Instagram or something. Way, like completely blind shot. You're basically hitting over a mountain. Caddy has to tell you where to aim. Hit a little bit off the toe, hit it short, didn't get up and down bogey. Um, hole six, uh, I hit a great drive. I hit a 300 yard drive a little bit to the right, and the right was a problem because then the pin was a bit blocked by this this mound in the front of the green. So it's a 70 yards, had to fly it all the way there off a really tight lie, and I just thinned this ball so bad. If I hit 120 yards, lost ball, um, double bogey, just a disaster. So quite a roller coaster of a six holes. You go double, birdie, birdie. No, double, par, birdie, birdie, bogey, double. Um, and then seven, I birdied again. I hit it close, made the putt. Um, so again, only one par through seven holes. And we are sitting at one over par. Two over par. Sitting at two over par. Um, part, part eight, part nine. Turn it. Two over, 37, great. Considering two doubles. Hole 10, 450-yard par four. I took perfect drive again. The drives were so good. This trip to very confident. But then this, this day, my irons were also good as well. Um, hole 11, was a par three wind right to left with water with uh, not water bunkers everywhere. Um, I hit a decent eight iron, got pushed by the wind. It bounced and then it somehow bounced into a bunker. But then in the bunker, it was just a plugged lie. It was just horrible, worst lie of the trip. Had no chance of getting that out. Um, got it out the second time. Uh, almost made the putt to save bogey, but made a double bogey. Um, Hole 12, par 5, made par. Um, 13, it's called C. Hedrig. Uh, it's 458 yards. And the green is just, 
there's like a small shelf and then like a bunch of runoff areas like everywhere. It's the craziest green I ever hit. I my first drive went a little bit went right and it was like should have been in the fescue, but it was like in a plant. So I chopped it out to 50 yards and the caddy was basically like, you can try to aim this thing like 20 yards left of the pin and it might stay on. I like tried to hit a pitching wedge to the right and like run it up and like barely stayed on the green. It's crazy. Um, 14, three wood, pitching wedge, birdie again. Um, 15, it's a hole called Narrows, which is really, really, really narrow with like lost ball on both sides. Like I barely found my ball. I hit a good, like a good three wood that was like just off berry, but it was, you know, almost lost. So I, all I could do is like hack it out and then kind of like pitch something up. And again, this one, the green is like raised and, and everything runs away from you. Just like really, really challenging. Um, but we had nice bogey. Um, 16, I hit kind of the drive of the trip. Um, it was going left to right. Uh, it's the caddy's like aim at this you know, this, this, uh, stairs out there and let it fade to the right. And I did, and it was perfect. Um, it went through, it actually went too far. It went through the green and in, into a bunker, but I got up and down for another birdie. Um, Alps, Alps is the most famous hole. This is like, this is the wildest hole I've ever seen in my life. It's like just a really a drive that you're, you're kind of elevated and you just see, you can see a lot. You're hitting over a lot of things. We had a good drive. Um, but then this is another one where you're like hitting over a mountain with like a massive bunker short of the green. Um, and I hit, like I hit pitching much really good, but it was like just short. And so I had to putt up and over a ridge and I didn't hit it hard enough. So I made bogey there. And then 18 is just a short par four. I drove on the green and had a 80 foot putt. Then I hit about 50 feet um, and then made a, a par at 18. Uh, so to finish with 39, 76 total, definitely the best round I've played in, I don't know, maybe ever. Like this, this place was crazy. It was really, really fun, but it's like mentally and uh, physically just exhausting going through that. So I had, um, go back over the round, I had three three doubles, six birdies, five bogeys, and four pars. So <laughs> that tells you a little bit about this. Uh, anytime par, you have less pars than anything else, you still shoot in the 70s. It tells quite the story. Um, yeah, it was really, uh, really great. We're playing it again today, so we'll see. We'll probably do an update after today's round, but... Um, it's going to be nice to go through it again. Uh, I feel like this was like the championship. I think I left everything out there. So we'll see. Uh, it's the last day of the trip. So I think we'll be able to do something. But um, it's kind of like, oh, we just won. I didn't necessarily win the championship, but we just played game seven. And now, you know, they changed the rules. And so we have an eighth game to play. That's what it feels like going into today. But I'm sure we'll be all right. Um, so with that. Uh, we'll end today, then we'll talk to you all tomorrow. The last one. All right. Part seven. Um, let me know if I've developed a Scottish accent by the end of this. That would be pretty, pretty cool.
um, our last last round, as I said yesterday, was at Prestwick Golf Course again. We, we got to play a second round there. We played there two days in a row. They have like a deal where it's like better than half price if you play it twice in the same week. So like having heard about how great this course was, we thought it would be a good one to play two rounds at. Um, yeah, yesterday's round was like just so exhausting. You know, I guess in a really good way. Um, but definitely didn't have the same energy after playing 18 holes there that she did playing 24 holes at Shiskin the day before. Um, there's so much to think about, so much to focus on, um, so much just you don't really know what's going on a lot of the time, and that can be a bit draining. So um, going into the second day, I really had no expectations. I thought um, the round, you know, the first round there was basically as good as I could play. I, mean, I had six birdies, um, yes, three doubles, but a lot of those were just like, seems like that's what's going to happen. Like, there's so many weird things and weird bounces and um, places where if you, you know, you miss slightly, you just have no chance. So I just thought, well, you know, that was the best we're going to do. It was really great. I was really happy with it. Um, I was happy with everything about the day. It was one of the best golf days I'd had, uh, you know, probably in my life. And so, so I didn't really, you know, I didn't think it could, it could be topped. Uh, the course, I mean, the course, the course rating, it's a par 71. Um, but the course rating is 73.7, um, with a slope of 140, which is, it's very, very difficult. Uh, very difficult, probably like on the hardest course I've ever played by, by rating, like 2.2.7 higher than, than the actual par. Uh, so, uh, to get off, I had fresh, fresh memories over just the scars of the day before, of hole one, um, just memory of blast, hitting the ball to what I thought was going to be really good, ending up being way too long for a double bogey. So hole one, we hit, we hit one extra club this time. Yesterday I hit a seven, today I hit a six, just to try to be a little closer, so I could hit pitching wedge from the green instead of an eight iron to hopefully take away any chance of like it bouncing too far. Um, which I did. I hit six, a great six iron. Um, again, this cr- uh, very cramped uh, tee box. I, I would say in a good way of, of a patio, you know, in the clubhouse behind you. We've got a train station to your right, uh, putting green to the left. Uh, so it's really, you know, I mean, hole one at, at the old course has, has a lot of people around. Um, so we don't have quite that many people, but, but the, the old course has a lot of people in like a big space. This is kind of a little bit of people in a very, very small space. Um, so anyway, uh, then I hit pitching wedge again, afraid of going long. I was about 20 feet short. Um, and so I hit, you know, I hit my putt about four feet short, made par, um, and then hole two, uh, par three. I left, I had a similar length of putt on hole, on hole two. I did hole one. And since I left it short on the first hole, I thought I'd give it a little bit extra, but I hit it about six feet by and then missed that putt so bogey just a such a sloppy bogey on hole two um really like that was the worst putt i had hit all you know that day and all day yesterday of just i, I didn't make any sloppy mistakes like that the day before and still shot 76 so i thought man with that that one that's really gonna hurt hurt it's like gonna be tough to get that one back um all three par all four par all five himalayas this is again 185 yards, completely blind. You're basically hitting it over a mountain or a massive dune 
um, Caddy before Caddy kind of tells you there's like the some of the posts there's these like there's just like kind of wall this like fence wall at the top and there's like a couple of posts that are painted different colors it was like aim at the white post um, which I did it faded a bit I was pin high just to the right um, and had a very you know breaking putt that I left short and didn't play enough break it's technically off the green but still three putt for a bogey two over through five um, hole six this is a hole that I Sculled one over the green with my second shot. Again, just have that just fresh, fresh in my mind. Um, so if I hit a good drive again, had maybe eight, 90 yards this time, so not quite as close. I didn't want to try to hit the same sand wedge from that distance as the day before, so I hit like a pitching wedge, try to bounce it up there, and I pulled it a little bit left. Again, I'm talking about that hard to get the half shots to keep my body moving, so I've been pulling them a little left. Uh, hit a decent pitch to 20 feet, but made the putt for par. That was energizing. Uh, birdied hole eight. Um, yeah, birdied eight, made the turn, then made the turn at even. Uh, hole 10, I, I over the ball on hole 10, uh, this was a, it's a, kind of like a, not a wide open drive, but you have to hit a really good drive. And I was like, had in my head, I was like, wow. Like, my driving has been so good. I'm, like, really happy with how I'm driving. Like, I don't have to be nervous about hitting a shot. And then it's, like, blasted it way right. Like, my caddy thought he thought the ball uh, didn't have much life left in it. Um, but we actually found it. And I, like, hacked the 7-iron out of the rough to 50 yards and hit it to 10 feet and made the putt for a par. It was an incredible par. Um, hole 11, par 3 on the green, 2 putt. Uh, hole 12, a par 5. I'm like, okay, here's a chance. Um, it, is it dog leg right? I hit a good drive. It was in the left left rough and had 250 in. There's two big bunkers guarding the green. Um, and I tried to hit, I thought I could hit a three wood, roll it through it. I pulled it a little bit and it went into the left bunker. Um, and from there, I hit it out like up to the kind of the right side of the green. Had a big sloping putt. Um, that I three-putted for a bogey six. Disappointing to bogey a par five, uh, especially from 250 yards out. Um, hole 13, this is definitely the toughest hole I've ever played in my life. It's 458 yards, but uh, the, this is the one yesterday of the green really like slopes off t- to the front left and, and slopes off like back right. There's maybe... I don't know, a th- three paces by 10 paces. Yeah, that, that like that big of a ledge that you can kind of even put the pin on or even have your ball stay up on the green. Um, hit a great drive. I had a pitching wedge in 140 yards, and it came up just a little bit short, but somehow like stayed on the green. And the putt, I left the putt a little short, but it was like straight up a hill, all about the pace, made the par. Um, hole 14 named Goose Dubs some good names uh, made birdie hit three wood and then wedge eight feet made the putt 15 narrows this is a hole I don't have nightmares wasn't having nightmares about it but this is a hole where it was like this thing is so narrow there's 15 yards of fairway and basically left or right of that is Maybe not a lost ball, but close to a lost ball. It's like really thick stuff. You're definitely not 
getting on the green from there. Um, so I'm just trying to make a five. That's like my mindset on the tee. Like let's let's try to find any way not to lose this ball. See if we can make a five. The next hole's a little bit easier. Try to get one back there. Um, so I hit a five iron. It's a great shot. Probably my best shot. Maybe best shot of the trip because I normally don't do good on narrow holes. Uh, but this I hit, I hit it perfect. It was in the fairway, about a hundred yards, and I caddy's like, you need to aim this ball. 20 yards left of the pin from 100 yards. And so I did. And he, I was 110 yards. He said, hit 100 yards, 10 yards left of the pin. And I did. And it rolled down to three feet, tapped in the putt. Um, definitely the hole of the day. Um, and that was two birdies in a row. We have a, a situation developing. I'm like, I'm two under par with three holes to go. Like, can I keep it like just needed to to keep it. I, hole 17 is coming up it's one of the hardest holes um could i finish under par in scotland like, that would be awesome uh 16 is a short par for 290 yards um but there's like tons of undulation and bunkers and a big bunker to the right of the green i hit it left the green pin high with three wood basically had no chance to get the chip close so made par 17 the alps hole this is and our caddy says the oldest championship hole in the world. This is like one of the holes that has never been, you know, never been altered since they, you know, first made the course in 1860. I had a great drive in the fairway. About 110, 110 yards left, completely blind. The caddy like runs up under the top of this massive dune again. It's like a similar to the Himalayas hole, um, but they have massive dune. Short of the green, there's a massive, it's called the Sahara, I don't think it's called the Sahara Bunker. It might be. One of them's the Sahara Bunker. It's okay. Um, and he, you know, gave me the line, and I hit, I hit a great shot. I gave it a little bit more because I knew that the pin, like, there, there was a kind of a backstop behind it. And I hit it maybe a little bit too far, but it, it hit the back of the green and then rolled down to pin high. It rolled down probably 20 feet backwards. Um to be like pin high, 10 feet left of the pin. I barely missed the birdie, but I really wanted to birdie that hole. Um, that's okay, because we had par, and I knew 18 was the easy hole, so I was like, we are, um, oh no, sorry, one under. I thought one under or two under? I thought it was one under, one under on the day. Um, and then get to 18. Uh, it's another short part four, and I hit I hit out right, and I have 50 yards. The pin is a really tight lie. I've messed these up all week, and I thought, like, okay, just hit it, on, just get it on the green and two putt, and we'll finish under par. And so I did. I hit it to seven feet. I made, actually made the putt for birdie to finish um, two under par. Um, it was it was an incredible round. It was so much fun. Um, I then. I then like checked, you know, my scorecard goes back over the scorecard and there was a bogey that I forgot about on the front nine. So I was actually was even par going into the last and birdied it, uh, to shoot one under the only time ever under par in Scotland. Um, which was great. I, I am, I don't know 
if I would have birdied it, if I had known I was even par going into the last. Um, I definitely would have felt really nervous over that 50-yard shot over tight lie. Um, I'm like, gotta get close, gotta get close. Um, but it doesn't it doesn't matter what you thought your score was when you're going to the 18th hole um, or at the end of the day. What matters is what happened. I finished one under 70. Um, it was it's a great just a great day. It was so much fun to go around the course again and to just like be there and not be. It was like pretty overwhelming the first time through. Um, just how extreme some of it is. Uh, kind of Pete. Uh, you know, we talked about how the elves live at Shiskin, and I, I think I think the ghosts live at uh, live at Prestwick. It's almost like a haunted place, kind of spooky. The ground in certain places is spooky. There's, you know, it's the oldest course. The first open is there, so the ghosts of, you know, so many golfers um, are still around that place. Uh, so it's definitely a, a very special and very, very unique place to be. Um, I thought I played... I thought I played better yesterday. I shot 76. Um... But that's okay. Um, this was kind of an interesting two rounds of how one day it was like a bunch of birdies and a bunch of like even good looks at birdies and a bunch of like also just like weird things that happened. Um, where today was like just like a more normal, a more normal like really solid round of golf. Um, I guess I felt more, probably felt more pressure at certain times today, especially near the end when you're like, you know, you're under par. Can you keep it together? So that's, that's an exciting, um, that's an exciting feeling uh, to have. Um, so that's it. Thanks. If anyone's made it this far, thank you for listening. I know at the beginning, it's kind of really had no sleep and just not playing good, and it's kind of like, well, conditions are bad. It's tough. It's windy. I don't know what to do at some of these places. That's really, really how I felt. It's like a very different way of playing golf, but by the end, you can see the scores got better, you know, for the most part, you share, I mean, I shot 45 at Shiskin, that's pretty good, again, in the 40s, um, but definitely this 70 at, at Prestwick is one that I will remember, it's a very, I'd say, a meaningful, meaningful round, meaningful moment, um, to wrap up, I, I counted up Counted up my birdies. I had two at Jubilee, two at London, four at Ely, three at Shiskin, over 24 holes. Prestwick, first day at six. Prestwick, second day at four. A lot of birdies the last two days for a total of 21 birdies on the week, uh, over six six days. It's pretty good. Uh, happy with that. Uh, my course, I mean, you probably could have t- could tell without me saying this. My favorite course of the trip was Shiskin. Second Presswick, third Ely, fourth London, fifth uh, Jubilee, um, and then if I ranked, I ranked my like my personal favorite courses that I've played at Scotland. Maybe there's going to be recency bias in this because my top two are from this trip: I Fiskin one, Prestwick two, North Berwick three, Kilspindy four, Dunbar five, Ely six. Um, so I suppose based on these rankings, if I were to go to two places, it would be like the East Lothian region that has it's, that's near Edinburgh that has North Berwick, Kispindi, Dunbar, and a few others. Um, and then 
this this Ayrshire region where Prestwick Shiskin. There's even other good courses here like Western Gales, Gales Links, um, Troon that that we could also have added to it. Um, but but the town of St Andrews is like the best place to go. I mean, as far as like non golf places, non golfing golf type places to be, uh, St Andrews is the best. These other uh, other towns, they just feel they feel sleepy, which is okay. Um, but so it makes it just something to consider, you know, when planning your own trip. Um, wrap up with with what did I what did I learn? What did I learn? Maybe this isn't what did I learn because I wouldn't say I've mastered any of these things. Like what what things about golf maybe were confirmed to me? Um, first, like, can you play golf without like the constant storytelling to yourself? Um, for me, like the first day, it was like when I start when I did batch forty seven on the second nine on the first day, and it was like just like making a whole story about like we're at a new place, it's windy, I don't know what to do. Um, this you know can't be have the same expectations as as I would at other places, and there's just a way of like I don't know making it not feel so bad when I when I played back, kind of like making up the story about it. Um, and, and how it would go. And, and as I, I guess the more I played without the story, the better I, um, the better I played. And it's like a weird thing because you have to kind of trust, you have to trust it. Um, because it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel natural. Um, it's like it's similar to be like play without expectation. Um, and then maybe related to, I have, like care as much as possible about each shot, um, but can you do it just for the sake of each shot? Like, like don't care about the shot because it'll add up to a good score, or don't care about the shot because it'll make you look cool, or don't care about the shot, um, or don't, don't like be afraid of the shot because uh, it, it'll make you look bad, or people might, might think you know differently about you. Like, can you just want to do as good as you can um, every single shot just for the sake of it? Like, this is what's in front of you. Um, basically, the present moment is the only thing that's that's real. It's the only thing that, that happens. The past is is gone. The future hasn't happened yet. And so the present is the only thing we can experience. Like, can you um, be present to, to each shot um, rather than, for me, it's like adding up and thinking about how each shot will, like, impact this larger story. So so the more I could, I could do that, I would say the better I played. Um, yeah, and I guess lastly, like, go, like, this golf in Scotland, I guess we, we had re- really good weather. Every time I've been here, it's been good weather. Like, there's only, of maybe 15 rounds in Scotland, I've been, there's been pouring rain the entire time one one time. Of our six rounds this trip, one of them had rain, like, hard enough rain for one hole where it got wet and we're, like, still wet in the car after. Um other rounds, it, it maybe like rains a little bit for a hole, but it's not very, not very strong at all. And so, I'd imagine if it were pouring rain for six days straight, which I'm not sure if it happens in the summer here. Um, I tried to ask the caddy about that today. He made it seem like today was kind of a normal day. Um, but if it were pouring rain, it would kind of change your experience. But I would say, like, if you love golf, this is just like the best version of golf that exists and um 
I don't know if it would be worth it. It's probably not worth it to move to Scotland. Everyone has families in America. Um, but to be able to go and experience it and to see, uh, it, to me, it just like opens up my mind and reminds me of like what, where golf came from and what golf can be because uh, I think so often we like miss a lot of that. And, um, and Scotland is a place to, I guess, to kind of like a bit of a reset. That's how, kind of how I feel. I feel refreshed. I feel like I have more life. I feel like I have a little bit more, you know, passion and love uh, for golf uh, and what it's given me. And so, yeah, I guess thanks. Thanks, golf. Thank you all for listening. Um, this was this was fun. I again, if anyone's here, thank you very much. I, I hopefully we had a an exciting enough ending for you, an under par round um, at an incredible course. And so again, thank you very much. We'll talk to you all next time. Clean contact. I hit it again because that shot was a defining moment, and when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment.